0: I see thumbs up. That's good. That's good. How did that uh, that scripture hit you? Um, And there's only 11 of us in here. So just jump on and and talk. And if we go over each other, be gracious. Mm
1: -hmm. Go ahead, John. So as I was reading it, uh, it just, the thing that I noticed the most was that Peter was really sticking it to him. Um, he was like, you got, you know, you're amazed right now, but you had Jesus and you killed him. You had Pilate kill him. He didn't want to do it, but you made him do it and you did it and you shouldn't have done it, but you did it. Like he kept like sticking it to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, anybody else? How did, how did the scripture
2: hit you? Well, it's a peculiar combination of, uh, God ordained this and you chose this. So it's kind of like free will and predestination, kind of, it's it's kind of like vinegar and, and oil all, you know, somehow that is together in that passage. Nice
0: vinegar. Anybody else?
1: Oh, I, I just, similar to Ted, it was like, it seemed like he was really kind of amped. And, um, like the whole, like, you know, into this, we bore witness, you know, and, um, yeah, uh, yeah.
3: He's like, Oh fools, if I had a sword now, that's kind of the...
0: Oh uh, yeah. Like your ears, your ears about to be gone. Is <laughs> that
4: <laughs> <laughs> everybody? Yeah, I was to say, you killed the author of life. That's a that's a harsh statement. I would not particularly want anyone to say that to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's crazy. Uh and um what's what's crazy, even crazier about it, uh um we stopped at nineteen. I'm I'm gonna read a little further later. It it gets it gets really, really deep uh as as you listen to it. And um I'm gonna be honest, man. I, this scripture gives me the heebie-jeebies, right? Um, it it, uh, it the ways in which it can be used are um, scary to me. Um, and so, as as I as I wrestled with it, uh, I really I really just looked for some guidance. Oh, look, as a as a heads up. I am high on Dayquil. Uh so if I <laughs> I saw um Miles' eyes get big. <laughs> uh I'm I'm high on Dayquil, so if I don't make quite as much sense, just raise your hand and say that again. Um but uh so the the I really struggled with this this scripture. I really struggled with scriptures like this. Um and uh so today I just I kind of want to work through it. I kind of want to work through uh this scripture together. Um uh one of my favorite uh preachers right now is a guy named uh Howard John Wesley. Oh, and Howard John Wesley would be at home at Storyline, right? He is he is one of my favorite expositors of, of scripture. He has a, a very generous view um, of scripture and of people and uh he just he preaches me happy, right? Uh if you if you get a chance, go and listen to everything you can from Howard John Wesley. He has taken over my YouTube views. I I am usually a Rachel Maddow. And Tim Mackey person from the Bible Project. Those are my two people. That's what I watch. And I I have watched all of Howard John Wesley here recently. And, and one of the reasons why I love him so much um, is because he he does something in preaching that I've never seen anybody else do. What he does is where most people, if there is a nuance to scripture, or if that's a there's a problem scripture, right? They'll try to account for that problem or that nuance, right? Um, if there's a disagreement in uh, the the genealogy in Luke and the genealogy in Matthew, they'll talk about it and say why that might be okay. Uh, the thing that Howard John Wesley does that is so amazing is that he preaches into the nuance, and And I find it so amazing and and, and um I, I and I started to wonder like why why does he do that why what what about him makes him do that and i i came up as i as i started stalking him on youtube uh I came on uh, a, 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 about a um a video where he says uh his view on uh being a pastor being a a preacher and he says my job is't to make you think what I think or believe what I believe. My job is to make sure you're thinking and so i i I want us to think today together. I don't want you to come to the place where I believe I have specific beliefs on the scripture i I don't want you to to think how I think, but i want to I want to help us think about this scripture today and I think um the, the the first question that comes to mind is why is why is Luke um, why is Luke putting these words in Peter's mouth right as 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 Luke sits down and he 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 probably wasn't there right um, and this is years later him writing about it so my imagination is that he sat down with Luke and was like you know remember that time you uh, healed the guy outside of Solomon's porch. What, what was that like? And I, I, I imagine that Peter was like, you know that, that, that sermon that I preached about fellow Israel, Israelites? Uh, it's something like that. And so Peter, 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 Luke takes, um, what he knows of Peter. He takes the reports of what Peter said and then he puts it in this moment at this time. And it makes you wonder why. What is, what is Luke trying to get across in this moment? As like Ted said, as, 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 uh, as Miles said, it's pointed, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and so, you know, is, is Luke making an accusation here? Is Luke using this moment in his story about, uh, the gathering disciples into apostles as they become witnesses and as they begin to to uh, glorify the name of Jesus and and make more disciples, um, is he at this moment using this moment as an accusation against Jewish people who don't believe in Jesus? Is that what Luke wants to do? And I think we have to contend with that. If if what if what Luke is doing is making an accusation that that has very specific consequences it It brings about um, a, a very specific uh tone to the whole to the whole uh scripture so if he is making accusations at best accusations cause us to adapt to oh, i'm sorry uh, at best ac- accusations cause us to adopt the truth of others without being able to adapt them to ourselves so what I, what I mean by that is if, if I, I i raise kids for a living right everything that I do is about raising my kids i go to work because my kids gotta get uh you know uh, all their stuff paid for I, I i come home on time because i want to spend time with my kids I, I raise kids for a living and as i am trying to raise my children when they were very little um, i whenever they would make a mistake I had uh, two basic choices on how to get them to stop I could say "No," and ev- I know I said a lot, "No" a lot," because they eventually started saying "No" to me all the time, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so I would say no," and they'd be like, "No, right? <laughs> um, or I can explain to them why. And the reason why you explain to a child why is so that they can take this moment and apply that to other moments. So at best, if, if Luke is making an accusation here, um, they have to take on Luke's ethic. At, at worst, and I hate my phone because I have to keep going in and out of it. At worst, this ends up to be uh, a fight over facts where if if Luke is making an accusation, um, we have to ask the question, whose ethics wins, right? Because, because, the, the Jewish, the Jewish rulers didn't just accuse Jesus for no reason, right? The, what they thought would happen actually does happen later, right? They thought that if, if this Jesus person kept going, calling himself a king, if, if, if this Jesus person kept calling himself Messiah, that it would cause consequences for, for the nation of Israel. And it did. Right, the the Jews were kicked out of Rome. That there was real um, there was real problems. People died because of this Jesus guy. Because eventually the 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 Romans associated Christians with all of Jewish people, and so they got the blame right for what Christians did, and that eventually caused. All the Jews to get kicked out of Rome, their, their persecution arose, and so, th- it, in some ways, the ethic here is, if we sacrifice one person, that would be good, the good for the many, right? And that's an ethical choice, right? So, if this is an accusation, then, then um, we, the question is, whose ethics wins? Accusation is—I'll um, say three things about accusation. Accusation is the beginning of self-superiority, right? Um, if I accuse without a, a person having an inner uh, conviction about something, um, I am—I am telling them that my thoughts are better than your thoughts, my ethics are better than your ethics, and so because I am superior, I'm accusing you and making you uh um, responsible to what i believe right accusation is the, the beginning of colonialism in, in the same way that when I, I i accuse i am i am speaking from a, a position of superiority i'm also um going to enforce if that is right if, if what i believe is right right and i go to wherever your land is i'm going to bring my thoughts my ethics to wherever you are that's that is the response of accusation um, and finally uh accusation is the beginning of hypocrisy I, I think one of the things that that doesn't um that doesn't get shown here is that peter was just as as, as guilty as they were peter uses this moment um to point the finger at them but he participated by denying Jesus when he could have spoke up spoken up and he could have been a part of um, uh what what he would consider to be right he misses it so if 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 what luke is doing here is accusation is just simply accusing other people of doing something wrong i, I don't know that I'm with you, right i i don't know that i am with uh and a a a um an idea that that uh that imposes itself uh from from the thoughts of one person to to the thoughts of others that 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 doesn't that doesn't um that doesn't settle right with me there there is another uh option here let me let me read a little further down for you um we we start with, with that first part that we read together, and that seems like an accusation, but as we, as we get a little further, it changes. And I'm going to start from, uh, verse 19. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up you for a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. So now let's. Doesn't look as much like an accusation as it looks like condemnation, right? And I struggle with that, right? I I, I struggle with the idea um, that this is a condemnation uh, to the Jewish people, that all of a sudden, uh, what what them being God's people have been replaced uh, by those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, that they have been subverted um, and and that they'll be destroyed from the people um, that 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 looks like condemnation and if if this is condemnation right if 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 what Luke is doing here is in the mouth of Peter condemning the Jewish people at best, this is an external forces way of enforcing its rules at best um Whenever someone is condemned, we have, we condemn prisoners. That's an external force of, of enforcing the rules of society on specific people, right? Um, so condemnation is at best. I lost my place. Oh, okay, uh, is at best uh, external forces enforcing its rule. At worst, it's genocide. And I know that sounds like. Zero to 100 real quick, right? Um, it, it seems like a, a leap in logic. But the history of this scripture, how it's been used over history, it is it is this scripture and scriptures like this that allowed for the inquis- Inquisition. It is this scripture and scripture like, like this that allowed Christians in Germany to sit idly by as Nazis persecuted Jews, it is it is scriptures like this that that allow Christians today to 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 the, to believe that they have supplanted Jews, and it is it is us who will inherit what God has 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 for His people for all of us. It, it it moves us to a place. Where Where it is okay there it is justification for whatever evil that we can come up with against people that that we think are condemned and I, I think um this scripture, along with uh the scripture about the curse of Ham, are two of the most misused scriptures and two of the most dangerously used scriptures ever right um I think that I'll say three things about condemnation. Condemnation is the, the end of freedom. It, it, it allows us to condemn people uh, to, to um, it allows us to con- condemn people to our view of whatever is right or wrong. Condem- condemnation is justification for evil and condemnation is the domination of, we- of the weak. And I don't know uh, you might disagree with everything I said, right? But I'm not here to have you think what I think or believe what I believe. I just want you to think. And if, if condemnation or accusation, if either one of those things are what Luke is doing in the mouth of Peter, I think it's dangerous. I think it's inconsistent with who God is. And I think more than anything, it's it is a cause for us to rebel against uh, uh, an evil God, right? If instead there might be something else going on here, right? I wonder if um, maybe it's not condemnation or accusation. Maybe uh, in the same way that that you guys were uncomfortable with with him saying, you killed the author of life, that something else might be going on here. Um, What if this is a reminder? What if this is not an accusation at all? What if it's not condemnation at all? What if this is Peter calling them to remember who they are? Like Mufasa and Senba, right, remember. Remember who you are, right? If you, if you pay attention to the language, he, he moves from what may look like exclusionary language to inclusionary language, right? Like in the NIV, there is a, um, there is a way that this is the, the beginning of the, of uh, verse 12 is translated. Verse 12, um, in the ESV, it says, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us? Though by our own power, piety, we may, by our own power or piety, we have made him walk. Right? And so that men of Israel seems like an, an outward, external, um, accusation. But the NIV translates it as fellow Israelites. Right? Peter puts himself in with the rest of everyone else. This isn't an it might not be an accusation because what, what Peter is saying is, hey, this is who we are. Hey, fellow Israelites, let me remind you of who you are. Why do you wonder? That, that why do you wonder is, is a, is a, a question to them on what is it exactly, excuse me, what is it exactly that surprises you about this moment? if you are on the road that that you were you were always on right if if you are a, a child of Abraham, if you believe in the Torah right why does this moment surprise you and then when we get to to verse verses um, past nineteen after he asks them to repent he He grounds everything back into Moses, into into Jacob, into Abraham. He is reminding them of who they are. And so when we look at conviction, when we look at sin, when we look at accusation, right? Unless there is an inner conviction to call people back to, we are only making accusations. We are only... Fighting over facts. Unless there is an inner belief that we're calling people back to. Something that they believe on their own. We, we are, we are only condemning them from our outside point of view. And I I think that this might be one way that we can satisfy this scripture, right? And I think, I think the, the place that I, I'm, I'm contending with, right, is verse 23. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. I think that's, that's, that's the one scripture that I, I'm struggling with, but that I feel like there's an answer for it. So I'm, I'm going to open it up to, to to everybody else. How do you how do you contend with these scriptures? How how do you uh, deal with whether you come down as accusation or condemnation or um, and you see those different than I do, right? Like the, you don't think that they have the same uh, consequences um, or um, how however you 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 uh, interpret this. How how do you work through what is said and how do we repent and what are our parts in it?
1: I like that that note that you called out in the translation difference um, where like there's just, just simply reading it. There's a world of difference between you Israelites and fellow Israelites. Um, And not that I'm a translation scholar or anything, but I think I agree with that translation choice because you look at that context and Peter is one of them. He's he's part of that group. You can't be part of the group and stand from the outside and point in. Um, And he knows that, and Luke knew that. So I I like that, and I, I like I like calling that out. Um, I think what I see happening in here, and I think this is what you were going at, is, um, they this crowd just saw a miracle. And now Peter is wanting to put that in the appropriate context for that audience. I was thinking back, like the ministry of Jesus, Jesus would just do things and then leave and go somewhere else. He would, he would give a parable or he would heal someone and then he'd be out of there. And there's no, like, let me tell you about what you just saw and what that means. Like he might do that a little bit with his disciples on their own, but that was it. Um, Whereas here, Peter's like, okay, you just saw this and a lot of you guys are shocked and amazed. Let me put this into context of this other story. And, and, and that, that bit about the accusation, I think there is, I, 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 there's, there is a lot of accusation condemnation in that language. And he's like, you remember that guy that was killed that, you know, basically everybody rejected and by everybody that includes, you know, you guys and, if you know the story, it includes me, Peter, too. Um, that just by mentioning his name is enough power to have done what you just saw. And the 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 turning point for me is is towards the end, too, where he he's the way I read it is when he says uh, that that call to repentance is. You may feel like you have rejected him. You may be on the outside of this right now looking in. It's like, oh gosh, we, we were guilty. We, we killed him. We, we participated or we were in the crowd or we didn't do anything. And again, knowing the story of Peter, it's like, yeah, I, I, I did like the bare minimum to keep myself alive. I, I denied him three times and I ran, I ran and hid. But we also know that Peter was given that choice to come back, right? That story with Jesus and Peter going, Hey, do you love me? yes, you know, I love you. Okay. Feed my sheep and going, doing that. And like bringing him back into the fold. And Peter says, you may have been guilty of killing a man, but it's still not too late as, as the kids class was today. That wasn't the end of the story. Um, that's only the beginning of the story and it's not too late to, to turn around and it's not too late to come and get on the bandwagon. And, one, one last one last point, like that the bit about those who do not listen to these prophets will be cut off from the people um, the way i the way i 'm reading that right now is we're having a big party, and there is there is something amazing going on right now with those of us that are listening to Jesus and that are following him and that are discovering new life and doing all of this stuff and if you reject him you're you 're not part of that and you 're missing out on that, but if you if you listen to us and you accept this opportunity to come join the party, then you get to be part of us. But if you don't, you're cut off. I don't know. That's what I'm hearing today.
0: I, and I'm glad you said that because I, I think, um, yes, there is accusation and condemnation. I think what I was trying to say is if it's only accusation, if it's only condemnation, um, then that's what we're left with. Uh, so I'm glad for that clarifying point. Anybody else?
2: How, how, how do you struggle? I think this goes back to the conundrum, uh, did, uh, who crucified Jesus? Was it the Romans? Was it the Jews? Or was it God? The answer is yes. You know, it's, you know, the, uh, people try to come down on one of those and ignore the other two. And no, it's, it's yes. And you know, but J- Judas betrayed Betray God, but then they say, well, he was already prophesied to do that. So was he responsible or was he, was it sovereignty of God that made him do that? Yes. I mean, theology, we got, we got the oil and we got the vinegar. You know, but the seminary, they try to bring those two together. Thank you. You know, there's oil and there's vinegar.
4: Yeah. You know, I was listening to this and, and reflecting on, you know, what, what John and Ted and, and Duncan, what you were sharing. And, you know, the thing that struck me and just reading through this today is how counterintuitive the kingdom of God often is. And, you know, Jesus spends a, a large part of his ministry saying, you know, you think it's like this, but it's actually like this, you know, you think it's one thing and it's another. and, and, I think it's the story of us wrestling with human nature of even as steeped as we are. in, I think most of us in biblical culture and things to go, ah, we need to look for the mustard seed. Ah, we need to do these things. Like that's not the seed I'm picking up when I go outside, you know, and I'm living my life. Right. Like I want the like acorn that like sprouts into a big powerful Oak tree all of a sudden, like that's fundamentally how I live my life. And, and so I was reflecting on that and I was reading this today and I was thinking about like the story of these, these people seeing this, this result, right. This, that, that has come in power. This person is healed in a miraculous way. And they're like, yeah, where's that oak tree? Like, where's that big, strong thing that like, let me have some of that. Like, is it a pill? Is it a technique? Is it, what, what do I need to do? And I was just reflecting on Peter. Being like, guys, it's not what you think it is and it's hard to see it. And in fact, it was here. You, you like had it and you killed it and, and it's not your fault, but that's how easy it is to miss that you can see it and not understand what it is. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's slippery like that because it is counterintuitive. And I was thinking about, um, you know, Ted, you know, about your, imagery about the party. And I love that of, you know, we're invited to a party. Um, and I was thinking, I think here what they're doing is, you know, maybe they're standing and they're looking this way and they're like, yeah, well, there's, where's the party over here? Come on, let us into the party. Why can't we go into the party? And Peter's like, it's it's right there. It's like, it's like right behind you. And they're like, where's the party? And there's like, it's right behind you. You're invited. You just, you got to look the way that you're not looking And, and so I think that's a really interesting imagery that was grabbing me today about, about God's kingdom.
3: Oh, so, um, when I first heard was first listening to it, I thought of the story that Jesus told about, um, you know, the owner of the vineyard and how, uh, the workers keep killing the messengers that that go to the vineyard remember that and the owner says okay well i'll send my son they'll respect him and then you know the people who are there at the vineyard say oh well this is the heir if we kill him we'll get the whole vineyard to ourselves um so that's the story i was thinking of and then i guess ted's thing about it being a party or the cut offness made me think of the story of the prodigal son you know, where they're having a party and the elder brother doesn't want to come into the party. The elder brother chooses to, like, cut himself off from the party. Um, And I thought about how, you know, we're told that Jesus only talked to the crowds in stories, but then he would explain to his followers privately later. And I think if we take what Peter's saying out of the context of, The parables of Jesus and the stories of Jesus, then we're, we're missing some of it because Peter is talking about things that Jesus explained to him, I think, behind the scenes. Um, and Jesus (laughs) was not about condemning people or accusing people. Like he died for the people who wanted to throw him out of the vineyard. And so I think when we separate the stories of Jesus from um, from the rest of the New Testament, and we start taking the rest of the New Testament out of context or putting it in our our modern context of um he 's making all these assertions and he 's building a case it it removes the soul of of where those things are coming from um, I just which I think is what you 're saying i I was just struck by how yeah peter 's not just expounding he's actually talking about the stories and the things that jesus told him and the things he's lived and experienced um and that just seems like really important context
4: sarah i'll just chime in there that's what i was thinking about and i meant to say that too of the prodigal son and that imagery um because that's exactly what i was thinking about of this party and maybe peter's trying to say to them there, you know like we're having this party, you know, the prodigal son has come, the kingdom has arrived. Like this opportunity is here and you're standing outside complaining about how you've been mistreated this whole time and how your father's been stingy with you. Um, But look, you know, it's right here, but they're not listening to God's telling of their story.
3: Yep. And I thought what you said about the mustard seed, it's like, it's again, the mustard seed, like Jesus talked about the mustard seed and Peter saying, this is how easy it is to miss and you missed it, (laughs) but it's not too late. (laughs) And that's, yeah, yeah. I like that. You can mute me now. Our children.
0: <laughs> Anybody? else? All right. I'm gonna pray, and then uh, we'll go to mission three. Yeah. God, um, thank you for your word. Lord God, that it, it challenges us, God, that it, it causes us to think, causes us to question. I thank you, Lord God, that you are calling us, Lord God, to question. Lord God, you're calling us, Lord God, to, to enter into a relationship with you where we're getting to know you better, Lord God, through um, both through what you did a long time ago in men and women um, who... Uh, got to see you, got to witness you, Lord, and then got to make disciples, um, for you. Uh, and what you're doing now, God, is you're revealing yourself now. Um, I pray, Lord God, that you would give us an inner conviction, Lord God, about what, what you have for us. What is, what, what your Holy Spirit says is right for us, God. And that we would respond to that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.